Hey, welcome to the Rusty George Podcast. I'm honored that you're taking some time to listen to this. Every Monday, we'll be coming to you answering questions that you submit. Feel free to send in a question, hashtag RG Podcast, and we'll be talking about stuff in the church, in the world, and of course, in sports. Really glad that you're here. Hey, welcome to the Rusty George Podcast again, everybody. I'm Josh, the online campus pastor. At my side is Rusty. And it is October 2nd. We're after the uh, morning services here at Real Life. And um, first off, I just have to tell you, you did a quiz on the uh, which quarterback in Rams history is the best. And I just want to express my complaint uh, in the spirit of the series that Roman Gabriel was not a part of that list. <laughs> I heard that as well from some other okay. people. Yes, I apologize on, for that. For some, you know? Yeah, I know, but come on. <laughs> Vince Ferragamo got no love. Uh, he didn't. Like, and nobody clapped. Nobody clapped, and he took them to a Super Bowl. Super Bowl. And lost to one of the greatest dynasties of all time, the, the Steelers. So, you know, I thought he he, yeah. he deserved more credit. Yeah, for that. no, for sure. Yeah, even even in my disdain, though, with the Rams leaving St. Louis, uh, a little disappointed that Roman Gabriel wasn't mentioned. So. I understand. Hey, anyways, fearsome foursome. So. Yes. Uh, what do you complain about most? I know you mentioned uh, In and Out and uh, whatnot. Are you one of those like secret menu snobs that just complains? <laughs> uh, a little bit. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I, I complain at anything that, that causes me um, to slow down. So I don't like traffic. I hate red lights. I mean, I'm sure that's like that for a lot of people. But, you know, even like people walking slow in front of me, um, I hate it when, I've, when I'm walking out of a room and then my wife says, hey, wait just a second. Um, you know, I, I don't like anything to stop my forward progress. <laughs> Um, so I think that, uh, you know, in some ways that's a lot like everybody. We don't like to be uh, told no or yeah. stop or anything like that. But those are the, the typical things. Yeah, that's good. Um, I resonate with those things. Yes. So, yeah, I feel you there. But Airline I, security. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. yes. Oh, for sure. Um, I guess we should have mentioned this at the beginning. But for those of you who are listening, we, we did a message. We started a new series this morning, and the message is on complaining. And so that's why we're talking about that so much. So... Um, we often think that we have this, you know, notion that we have to be pure in order to approach God, and we think we often have to clean up before we speak or pray or whatever. Mm-hmm. We complain about so much, and then we think we have to stop complaining when we, when we come to God. Mm-hmm. Is what it is kind of what I was thinking. And so your first takeaway in the message said otherwise. So how mm-hmm. is it true that God can handle our complaints and actually wants to hear our complaints? Well, yeah, that's a that's a great question, and. I think that there is this fear out there that we have to have perfect words and perfect lives to be able to speak to a perfect God. Um, And Jesus actually challenges us the other way by telling us, forget the flowery words, just be honest. And when you read through the Psalms, David's so honest with God. um, Sometimes he's happy, sometimes he's sad, sometimes he complains. And I always find myself going back to the Psalms when I get into a rut with my prayer life, just praying his words. What's really cool is so many of those psalms start off negative, and it's like by the end he turns it positive. It's almost as if the process of complaining to God makes us recognize how great God is. Yeah. Even that God can take that and makes us see how good we really have it. So it's usually in the process of a short amount of verses. Yeah, that's good. I heard one author, and I think it was John Golden Gay, one of my professors at Fuller, he said that you know the Bible uh, is often seen as the way to speak um, from God, the Psalms are the way to speak from God, 
or us to the Bible speaks to us, but the Psalms speak for us. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Here. And um, and you kind of mentioned that you like in your message channel, you channel your complaining to God, and we mm-hmm. always see it as this bad thing to complain, as if we're you know questioning God's sovereignty or you right. know we'll be smitten. And we don't realize that God can take it. And you mentioned that, and I think that's a wonderful image that indicates that God prefers us to petition Him to put things down rather than us taking it into our own hands, putting things down. Right. Uh, and we may have to, we may have things to complain about, but the point is to express those feelings to God and leave it to God to decide what to do with the situation. So true. Yeah, so and, true. And in turn, I think we actually get a new perspective um, of how to act ourselves in the situation. Mm-hmm. It kind of gives us a renewed perspective. So how can complaining not serve as simply a value to prayer, but how can it serve as our way into prayer? Yeah, I think that's the, um, you know, I heard the metaphor um, this week of prayer as like a snow globe and you shake it up and there's snow flying everywhere. It's really hard to see, but the moment you sit still long enough, the snow falls to the ground and then clarity comes. I think complaining is getting rid of all those snowflakes. God, let's just start off with what's on my mind, what's bugging me. Let me get rid of it all. And slowly over a period of time, you recognize you're speaking to a holy and perfect God that loves you enough to listen. It brings a tremendous amount of clarity. And, uh, um, and, and I guess silence and uh, mindfulness in the moment mm-hmm. to be able to listen to hear God next. Yeah, yeah. I think complaining, too, also can lead to anger a mm-hmm. lot of times because you know, obviously we're not complaining about something if we're not upset about it. Right. Uh, and in the same vein, I think anger is not only a value to prayer. I think anger can be our way into prayer sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you see that in the Psalms a lot as right. well with the imprecatory prayers and whatnot. And then that in turn leads to trust, I yeah. think. And you see that in the Psalms too. There's a trust involved in expressing anger or complaints to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and Again, one of my favorite Old Testament theologians, Walter Brueggemann, I found this quote this morning. It's not an act of profound faith, he says, to entrust one's most precious hatreds to God, knowing mm. that they're going to be taken seriously. Oh, that's so um, good. And I, I love that. So, so true. Uh, hey, we also got a question on uh, Twitter. Our buddy Kevin just tweeted that uh, someone just asked, is complaining the same thing as constructive <laughs> criticism? Uh, yeah. That raises a good question. So. That is a great question. I think the the thing about constructive criticism is it's always to construct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Complaining is usually how can you make my life better. Um, so if somebody comes up to me and says um, it's really too cold in the auditorium at church, that's simply based on how they feel. Yeah. But if they come up and they say, um, "Listen, when you." Um, I don't know. When you wear a red shirt, it's distracting, <laughs> and I can't hear you. Well, that's a benefit to all people. and That's a bad example. But I think that the difference between constructive criticism and complaining is, does it benefit anybody other than yourself? Um, and I, I've learned this practice years ago. If you're going to give someone constructive criticism, write it down and wait a few days. Because you may decide it's not worth sharing, or it remedied itself, or this is actually just me getting something off my chest. It's really not going to benefit them in any way. Yeah, that's that's a good point because so many times there's actually there's a difference between complaints that don't need to be heard and complaints that do. And I think that, right. that waiting period kind of can tell the difference pretty right. quick. Exactly. So. Yeah, and I remember hearing years ago a guy said, "Hey, go to God on behalf of your pastor." 
rather than going to your pastor on behalf of God. Oh. And it, it was a it was a, a way to teach the people of the congregation, you know, don't think that you are God's voice piece to him all the time saying, you need to turn up the air or turn down the volume or whatever. But pray for your pastor. And I would say that 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 idea is true in all our relationships. Start by going to God first. God, I really hate it when my husband says this or my wife says this. Uh, should I address this? Should I leave it alone? Help me to get over it if it's just my problem. Yeah. But if it's an issue they need to hear, I'll be happy to do it. Just let me know when. Yeah, yeah. And that moves us to, and you kind of finish your message on the note of thanksgiving. And when you, it's hard to be complaining when you're thankful about something. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes complaining actually leads to thanksgiving. Uh, again, in the Psalms, when you pray this Thanksgiving prayer, you're not the only person that it affects. Like that's mm-hmm. meant to affect a, a deeper body of people. That's why they were written down. Um, so, for instance, a Thanksgiving Psalm is also a testimony Psalm, almost because it's designed for other people to hear and to give thanks with you and things like that. Um, it's not only a way to speak to God; it's a way to speak to one another. And this changes us. I think. Do you have anything to? You know, I'd say that just as much as we think complaining unites us, Thanksgiving unites us even more. Yeah, um, There is this bond of peace that the Bible talks about and the early church fathers talk about that really is this unification time. We see that in the act of communion. When communion is done right, it is the very uh, family of God uh, communing together. Um, it's it's awkward for us to see it that way because we do it in rows and yeah, we do it yeah. in five minutes. Little uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was thinking about the day as I opened my communion, yeah. how the early church fathers wouldn't even know what to do with this. It's just how we progressed. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, it really was part of a meal back then. So right. you're sitting around a table looking at each other and you're remembering the body of Christ, the blood of Christ, and it's yeah. a Thanksgiving feast. Yeah, that's a profound image that I think we don't often mm. meditate on enough. Right, so, yeah, right. It's really good. Well, any other last-minute thoughts? I would just say if you're taking the challenge with us and you're wearing the wristband, good luck. It will be challenging. Yes, yes. You will switch that many times. Many of us will have no hair on our arms mm-hmm. where that wristband is because it's going to be moved back and forth so often, but it's worth it, so yeah. stay with it. Yeah, that's good. And the point is not to just – I mean, obviously you don't want to – switch that band 70 times a day but right. the fact that you are getting mindful of it is yep. the step in the right direction exactly. so that's why we do it so awesome thanks everybody for listening thank you rusty again for your wisdom into my pleasure into complaining and being open <laughs> into what your struggle with I'm yourself i'm very wise about that. complaining <laughs> yes we'll see you next week everybody Hey, thanks so much for listening. We're really glad that you chose to be part of the podcast. Again, submit your questions to hashtag RGPodcast. And we'd love for you to go to iTunes and to write a review of the podcast. That helps us out so much. Spread the word, share it with others, and we'll talk to you next time.